Two weeks ago today, I was in Bishkek, which is the capital of Kyrgyzstan. And actually, Kyrgyzstan borders on China. Um, and it's just north of Uzbekistan and Tajikistan and north of Afghanistan, which comes to the three of them. And the, the Kyrgyz people are, are slightly Asian-looking, uh, very similar to the Mongolians. So in this congregation that I was in, I was there with my daughter and son-in-law who ministered to Muslim students. Uh, 80% of the faces were Asian, Kyrgyz, and 20% were Russian. And Russian is the language that is spoken, at least in Bishkek. Um, And as I was sitting in the service, I noticed three men and a pregnant woman, and the three men all had black leather jackets, and they weren't Kyrgyz, and they weren't Russians. They were, they looked Mideastern. And I noticed that during the songs, they never sang, but they stood up and tried to participate, but didn't sing at all. And I I, I just wondered who those three men were. Well, the next morning I was with my son-in-law. We were going up to have a cup of coffee together. And he said, by the way, I went up and talked to those three guys. He said, they are from Afghanistan. And uh, he said, they have an unbelievable story. He said, I really couldn't understand everything that they were saying, but something about his son, two years old, was killed. Uh, and I, but he said, I didn't really understand for sure, so I, I wanted to ask him, was your son killed? But he said, I didn't do it. Okay, so that was kind of the end of the conversation. I came back here last Friday. Well, since then, my son-in-law and actually Kathy, my wife, uh, have met with these uh, three people, or four people, on several occasions. And this is the story. You know, you often hear me pray on Sunday morning for those Christians throughout the world who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Well, I met three of them. Actually, I didn't meet him, but we're in touch with him. Uh, the young man, whose name was Bahar, and he's changed it to Benjamin. Uh, this is his Christian name. Benjamin's father is a very wealthy man. He lives outside of Kabul. He was a mullah and also extremely wealthy and part of the Taliban. Well, Benjamin is on his hijack to go to Mecca. And on the way to Mecca, Jesus encounters him in a dream night after night. Three or four consecutive nights he has these dreams. Jesus comes to him, and basically he accepts Jesus as his Savior. Now, he goes back to his village, and he is leading a, a Bible study, kind of like Joe does. Uh, he's teaching the Torah to two of his friends. Well, he leads them to Christ. And then he announces to his father that he has come to faith. And the father beats him and locks him in a basement. Okay, the boy escapes from the basement. He founds this guy who basically is a, is a smuggler. And for $500, he'll take you across different borders. And he wants to get to the Ukraine. So he gets across Uzbekistan, Tajikistan, And when the Kyrgyzstan, the the smuggler discovers that that they don't have enough money, and he just kicks them out of the car in this village. This is right outside of Bishkek. Okay? They don't know what to do. They go to the UN. The UN helps them find some housing. So as the story unfolds, his father contacts him. Of course, they're hiding now. And he contacts his father, and his father says, If you don't come back, we will kill your two-and-a-half-year-old boy. Well, then he calls his mother, 
And his mother says, don't come back. Because if you come back, he will kill your son, but he will also kill you. Well, he didn't come back. And the father killed his two-and-a-half-year-old son. Now, this is less than two months ago. Okay. The mother and the sisters, the two sisters, were so horrified by this. So horrified by this. That they started questioning Islam. And, of course, the boy, Benjamin, says what the... What the, what the Muslims have not heard is love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. He said they've never heard words like that. Anyway, to make a long story short, the mother and the two sisters come to faith. Benjamin is baptized November 23rd this year. Two weeks ago, a hole is dug. His mother and two sisters are buried alive. Now, The amazing thing is this. James tells me Benjamin is so excited about Jesus. He says, my son, my mother, and my sisters are with Jesus. This is something to rejoice about. He said, I I want the opportunity to go to tell my people about Jesus. Now, how do you have a response like that? My mother and my sisters and my son are with Jesus. Well, the only way that you can have that response is if you have a very clear view of reality. Because actually the world that is not seen is real and lasting. That which is seen right here in this room is passing and temporal. He has a real good view of reality. And he also has something that's called grace. Which we've been talking about and singing about all morning long. And the basic definition of grace is this. Grace is God empowering you to do his will and to live his life through you. And what you see in Benjamin is the life of God, the life of Jesus is being expressed through him. He is responding as Jesus would respond. And he has grace, which is the power of God to do his will. And by the way, Benjamin's wife is expecting a baby in two weeks, and they're at my daughter-in-law's house, my daughter and son-in-law's house, all yesterday afternoon, and they'll be with them again today. Grace. The first time you and I encountered grace was the day that we came to faith. The scripture reading this morning, by grace are you saved through faith. And that faith didn't even come from yourself. It was God's gift to you, not of works, lest any man should boast. So the first time we encounter grace is the day that we come to faith. And the rest of our life is learning to depend upon God. And as we do, he fills us with his grace and grace empowers us to do his will. I want to talk this morning about, in our communion meditation, without reservation. Those are the two words, without reservation. Now, what does that mean? James was talking about he reserved, he was saved, he reserved some money for a rainy day. The opposite of that is giving it all away without reservation. When Jesus was asked what's the most important in the first commandment, he said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. Now that, brothers and sisters, is without reservation, with all your heart 
with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. It's everything you know about yourself. That's without reservation. So what would it look like if a man loved without reservation? Have you ever seen anybody love like that? Well, you know, the truth of the matter is we don't have to look very far because this is the way the men of this world love this world. They love this world without reservation. They will sacrifice their homes, their health, their wives, their children, their morals, their beliefs to consume this world, which is passing away, without reservation. Men of this world, sons of Adam, pursue this world. It's very interesting in the parable of the uh, unjust steward. I don't know if you recall the parable, but this... This man, uh, he owned some property, he owned some businesses, and he had this man working for him. And he discovered that he was uh, kind of cheating, cheating on the ledger. So he told him he was going to fire him. Well, the man who was going to be fired said, well, you know, I can't beg. I'm too proud to beg, and I can't work with my hands, so what can I do? He had this great idea. He said, well, I'll go discount all my master's accounts receivable, and then I'll make friends with those people who I've given a discount to, and then so when I'm fired, they'll take me in. So he goes to the first man and says, how much do you owe my master? He said, well, 100,000 renminbi. And he says, okay, write this note for 50,000. The next person he comes to, how much do you owe my master? 25,000 renminbi. He says, great, break a note for 10,000. On and on and on. And we're told, Jesus says, that that the master complimented his steward on his shrewdness. And then the very next verse is one of the most amazing verses in Scripture, which you'll never hear a sermon on. And it was this. Jesus says, the men of this world are wiser in their day than the sons of the kingdom. The men of this world are wiser in their day, or the sons of Adam are wiser in their day than the sons of God. What does that mean? Well, it means this. Sons of Adam, without reservation will give themselves to the things of this world without reservation. Yet sons of the kingdom, sons of the king, it's with reservation that we give our heart to that which is eternal, endures forever, is the embodiment of all that's good and right. It's an amazing, it's an amazing indictment. Let's talk without reservation. Jesus says in John 15, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now, how did the Father love the Son? Without reservation. There is nothing that Father held back from the Son. Jesus says, all that the Father has is mine. All that the Father has is mine. That's how the Father loved the Son. And John 15 says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Jesus loved us without reservation. But let me tell you what that looked like. You know, Gethsemane and the cross, this was a, this was a, a very ominous day in Jesus' life. You know, he actually didn't have too many events on his calendar. He didn't even have a watch. <laughs> you know, he just kind of make it a day at a time. But every time he looked in the future, he said, now is my soul troubled. Because when he looked in the future, he always saw the cross which loomed ahead of him. And the reason that the cross was so grievous is because he knew he was going to have to endure that without what? 
without grace. Without grace. The scripture says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But you could add to that, Jesus loved the father so much that he submitted. Jesus loved the father so much. It says in John, and so the world may know that I love the father. Let us go. He clearly did not, as a man, want the cross. If there's any way you can take this from me, let it be. But because of his love for the Father, without reservation, the Son loved the Father, he submitted to the will. So the Father loves the Son without reservation. The Son loves the Father without reservation. And they love us without reservation. If he did not withhold his only son, but gave him up freely for us, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? The father freely gave up Jesus for us. He held nothing back, no reservation, absolutely no reservation. If he did not withhold his only son, but freely gave him up for us, how will he not freely give us all things? Now let's look at the last reservation without reservation. Jesus is looking at basically going to hell. Now, you know, it's interesting. Lucifer will be judged for his sins. But Jesus was judged for sin. So that which he endures, it's just, you can't estimate what this looks like. Jesus, without reservation, with arms spread wide, casts himself into hell without reservation. That each one of us sitting in this room today can have life. And what does he ask us to do in response? He asks us that the same lack of reservation that he cast himself into hell, will we cast ourselves into his love and his grace without reservation? Will we trust him? That's how you... Give yourself to him is to trust him. You can use the word thrust. Thrust your future, your life, everything you know about yourself into the person of Christ. Not your money, not your savings, not your education, not your social network, not your your looks, not your health, not your anything. No trust in anything other than him. Without reservation, Christ gave himself to hell that we might have life. He asked that we, without reservation, give ourselves to him who is the way, the truth, and the life. And if we do that, you and I will experience the grace of God. The grace of God which brings the life of Christ into us. His love, his joy, his peace, his patience, his kindness, his goodness, his faithfulness, his meekness, his self-control, his very life, his very nature. In every circumstance, and every situation we find ourselves in, the life of Christ will be expressed through us. Now, what are some things that hinder or disable grace? Well, there's many things, but I'd like to talk about two big things. The first thing that disables grace is pride. And we know pride came before the fall. God humbles the proud And gives grace to the humble. God breaks down, breaks the proud, and empowers the humble. What is pride? Pride is basically wanting to be man 
without God. Pride is wanting to be like God, but not in his righteousness, but in his power and his position and in his activity. Not in the goodness of his personality, but in the greatness of his being. That's what Lucifer wanted. He wanted to be like God. That doesn't sound to be... everybody. That's not bad, want to be like God, but he didn't want to be like God in his righteousness, but in his power and his position and in his activity. Not in the goodness of his personality, but in the greatness of his being. That inhibits the grace of God. The second big inhibitor of the grace of God is unforgiveness. In the Lord's Prayer... Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. He goes on to say, If you don't forgive other sins, neither will my Father in heaven forgive your sins. Now that doesn't mean if you've trusted Christ and he's come to your heart, your sins are absolutely forgiven. But as a believer, if you are withholding or I am withholding unforgiveness or forgiveness to another person, what it does is it inhibits the grace of God coming into us and giving us experientially the forgiveness that we have on the cross. We are forgiven, absolutely. You die today, you haven't forgiven somebody, you end up in heaven. But the grace that comes from knowing that you and I are forgiven is withheld from us. We cannot withhold forgiveness from another person and not inhibit or disable the grace of God in our own lives. So, if there's somebody that you haven't forgiven, chances are they hurt you very badly. And if you haven't forgiven them up to this morning, chances are that it's very difficult. You might say it's impossible for you to forgive them. Okay? Great. This is where grace comes in. I can't are two of the most freeing words in the English language or any language. I can't. I can't forgive that person. Okay? God basically says, I never said you could. But he said, I always said I would. So if there is someone this morning who you have not forgiven, you need to place that person out between you and Jesus and say, I can't forgive that person. Lord Jesus, would you please bring me your grace and forgive that person through me? See, that's calling upon a power beyond ourselves, calling upon Jesus to do that through us. Would you love that person through me? Would you forgive that person through me? And as we've come before this table this morning, um, Paul talks about that we need to examine ourselves and see if there's anything between us and the Father. In this area of pride, self-sufficiency, this area of unforgiveness, we need to bring these things out and ask Father to show us if there's any of those things. And then ask the Holy Spirit to come in and to empower us to release these things. Let me tell you what this looks like, what grace looks like. You know, every woman was made by God to be married to the perfect man. The problem is species of perfect men no longer exist on the face of the earth. But it doesn't lower their expectations. Women need to be loved as Christ loved the church. But who can love a woman as Christ loved the church? Only Christ. So if you're a husband and you're failing, that's the prayer. Father, would you love my wife through me as you've loved your church? Would you parent my children through me as a father's love? Would you love yourself through me? Would you trust yourself through me? Would you, you know, Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. He means, what does nothing mean? It means nothing. So would, I can't love you. I can't trust you. 
I can't give myself to you without reservation, so would you trust yourself through me, love yourself through me, think your thoughts through me, desire your will through me? Would you just live your life through me? That's what Jesus says. This clock is not working, so uh, we need to jump right into communion. Um, Let us pray, and then we'll take communion. Father, uh, thank you so much for your marvelous grace that brought us to yourself. that opened the eyes of our mind and opened our hearts and empowered us to accept you as our Lord and Savior. I pray if there's anyone out here this morning who has not uh, accepted your grace, uh, that you will empower them uh, to do so this morning. We do confess to you, Father, our our sins of pride, wanting to be uh, like you, not in righteousness, but in power and position activity, not in the goodness of your personality, but in the greatness of your being. We confess our self-sufficiency, Father, wanting to be men and women without you, apart from you, independent of you. We confess our idolatry, Father, placing self and people and things before you. Our adultery, Father, unbridled appetites for earthly satisfiers, the things we want or desire to have for happiness, for peace, for life, apart from you. And finally, the pride of life, Father, seeking acknowledgement and recognition for who we are, what we have, what we've done, who we know, and what we look like. We confess those sins as well as all sins of thought, word, and deeds. Confess any sins of unforgiveness this morning. And Father, we just ask that uh, you would um, send your spirit to forgive uh, through us. And Father, we ask now that in a very special way you would send your spirit to, to meet us this morning. Uh, that you would uh, heal us. Uh, that as we partake in common union with you, uh, we would be strengthened uh, as we begin 2014. That we would, you would give us the grace to, without reservation, uh, give ourselves to you, that you might give yourself to the world through us. And we make this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen.